Hello, everyone. This is Victor Jackson. Welcome to the Bible Centered Podcast. Welcome to another episode of Bible Centered with Victor Jackson. Thank you for joining me. I am looking forward to sharing this episode with you. Uh, thank you to all the feedback. And on every episode, we do have the opportunity uh, for you to ask questions. And so we'd love to hear the feedback. Uh, thank you to those who have commented. Uh, we just want to be a blessing to you. And um, thank you for the feedback and uh, let me know that this podcast has uh, been a blessing to each of you. Um, a lot of questions have come around uh, our uh, book, A Word to the Broken. Um, I mean, thousands of people around the world have been uh, purchasing the book. And to those who that subscribed, I've uh, read through the first chapter. Uh, but to those who haven't subscribed or those who haven't purchased the book, uh, me and the team decided to uh, give a little bit of a preview of a word to the broken. And we pray that this will be a blessing to you. Um, uh, the premise behind uh, this, this, this book is that it is a word of encouragement to those who have endured loss, pain, and betrayal. And Although this this book, the idea, uh, really started in my mind maybe a decade ago, uh, it took 10 years of living the idea out in order for it to have proper impact. And I talked about the concept of having to live out the message. And so I received the message from God, but God... Uh, made sure I lived it out so it could resonate uh, with those that it would help. And this book is resonating with so many people around the world. And uh, you can be sure that it is a life lived. And and what's powerful about that, that, that concept of uh, living the message is that Jesus Christ, uh, you know, uh, God could not uh, change the world from heaven. He he had to show us what it was like when heaven is lived on earth. He had to show us um, the, what it was like for divinity to come into flesh. He could only change the world by walking among us in flesh. He had to be touched by the feeling of our infirmities. Uh, he needed to feel our sadness. He needed to feel our pain. He needed to feel how it was to weep so he could be a bridge uh, to divinity for us. So he was unrelatable just being in heaven alone in an abstract realm. He had to come in a real body so we can see him, so we can handle him, so we can touch him. And so he can show us how to live out the word in time. And that's what every leader is supposed to do 
to show the people how to live out the principles of God in time, how to, how to survive and thrive when you go through loss, how to survive and thrive when you go through pain, how to survive and thrive when you go through betrayal. And so God not only gave me the revelation of this book to bless people, but he made sure that I lived it out. And when you come out of something like that, to still come out uh, with love, to still come out with joy, to still come out with unconditional love, to still come out with the same message is a powerful thing. You know, when Joseph went through his trial and after over a decade of affliction, after his brothers betrayed him, um, the first thing that his brothers, uh, whenever he revealed himself to his brothers, and, and there, there's there's also some, some types and shadows of Christ here uh, because... Uh, the first time they went to Joseph, they didn't recognize him. And uh, what Joseph did is he brought the law on them, and they couldn't see his face. So, but but they got his law. But the second time they came to him, there was mercy and forgiveness, and Joseph revealed himself. You can see the type and shadow of two covenants there where in the first covenant, we couldn't see God face to face. All we saw is his law. But in the second covenant, when we see him, we get forgiveness and mercy, and we get to see him as he is, Jesus Christ. There's a lot of types and shadows there with Joseph. Joseph's in the middle of the baker and the butler. Uh, Jesus is in the middle of two thieves. One is restored uh, comes to heaven with them. One is uh, is destroyed. One, the baker is destroyed. The butler is restored. So you see a lot of type and shadows with Joseph's life in Jesus Christ. It's so, but one of the powerful things that Joseph did when he revealed himself to his brothers, when he showed them who he was, what he said is he was known as Zephnaph Paneah for God hears and he speaks. And when he revealed himself, he said, I am Joseph. And that's powerful because what he's saying is, what I went through didn't change my identity. What I went through didn't change my dream. What I went through didn't change my belief. I'm still Joseph. And I think living through pain, living through heartache, living, living through suffering and coming out still pure is a, is a testimony. It is a it is a beautiful thing to not come out of it with hate or to have a tainted mindset toward individuals or towards any anyone. It's a victory. Joseph came out and said, I am Joseph. So uh, before God ever allows me to really preach a message, um, to others, I have to live that message out myself. So although this book um, was was written, the, the contents of this book was not only lived out of, over the past 10 years, but but literally over the past, you know, 30, 33 years. Um, 
with with the brokenness that I myself have endured, not only in being in the world, um, not only with the abuse and things like that, uh, but also just the affairs of life that are natural, that are not unique to anyone else uh, that I have gone through that produce the message to help people. And every heartache and pain is worth it if I can help one person. So with this book, it's more than a book. It's more than like, oh, yeah, that's a cool book. No, I'm putting my life on paper. I'm putting my heart on paper. Uh, when you read this book, you, you will literally hear my words um, because it's coming from a spiritual place, not just an intellectual place or an emotional place. It's coming from a spiritual place. And a lot of the feedback that I've had is that the majority of people um, have have cried within the first five pages of the book uh, because it is it is it is right there. It's it's something inspired to minister to you right where you are. And so, with that type of feedback, and now people being able to not only order it on Amazon, but they could also order it on Barnes and Noble. Um, and me and Barnes and Noble are in discussion about uh, a few things, um, right now, uh, but Barnes and Noble is sh shipping it, uh, to people's homes right now, uh, for those of you that are interested in that, but I felt it only right to read a chapter to you, um, today and not just make that available for uh, the subscribers in the beginning where I just finished chapter one. For the subscribers, I'm going to be reading through chapter two as well, audio. But I wanted to make the last chapter available to everyone and uh, know that this is going to be a blessing to you because it gives you tools on how to manage and survive trials and how to come out of it better and how God has been working behind the scenes in these in in these trials so the last chapter it, it starts failure this is page 137 failure does not mean finished mistake does not mean marred pain does not have to become a prison hurt does not have to become a home you will get through this god can still use you you still have a future rise up and get over your past God is not done with you. Chapter 10, the left hand of God. Behold, I go forward, but he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him, he hideth himself on the right hand that I cannot see him. Job chapter 28, verse 8 through 9. Job was in the middle of a crisis. He loved God. He was devoted. A tragedy happened in a single day where he lost everything. He lost his family. He lost his children. He lost his occupation. He lost his reputation. Whenever you go through a period of loss, the first thing that comes to your mind is where 
is God. Where is God when I am losing things that are precious to me? Everyone must confront these questions. I lost someone that was close to me. Where was God? Where was God when I lost my job in the pandemic? I have been generous. I have helped people. I have been faithful. I was the one that always showed up in worship, but tragedy came and knocked the breath out of me. Where is God when I'm trying to do right? I'm trying to live right, and it seems like nothing is going my way. Where is God when it seems like everything is getting worse? Where is God when I am watching my mother take her last breath? Where is God when I'm watching my father slowly die from COVID? Where is God when everything is out of control and my business is being damaged by everything that has happened in the pandemic? Where is God? We look for God on the right hand because the right hand is the hand of power. The right hand is the hand of authority. The right hand of God is the hand of preeminence. We understand that if we could just grasp the right hand of God in this situation, then we know that God can turn it all around in a moment. If I can just see the right hand of God in these tough moments, I know that what the devil meant for evil, God can turn it around for good. If I can just get his power in my life, I know that everything that I thought was gone, he can revive by his anointing and power in his right hand. Everyone wants the right hand of God. When we are going uh, through chaos, uh, when we are going through, through chaos and when we are going through despair, our eyes are looking for the right hand. We are yearning and searching for a glimpse of the right hand of God. We know that any moment that hand can break through the clouds of heaven and turn everything around. When God speaks of his right hand, he, that doesn't mean that God has a physical right hand. God is a spirit but he uses man's language to get you to understand what he can do. He uses anthropomorphic terms, human descriptions, so that man can understand him. God speaks to you in a language that you understand. God is a spirit. He doesn't have a physical right hand, but it is symbolic. In the ancient Near Eastern custom, they would put the right hand of blessing on the elder son. It was a symbol that the inheritance and the blessing was going to him. Everywhere throughout the scriptures, whenever they would send the blessing, it would be with the right hand. The right hand represents authority, power, and preeminence. The right hand was incredibly important to those in the ancient Near East. Whenever Jacob was going to bless Joseph's sons, he put the right hand on the younger son Ephraim, which was extremely countercultural. In the middle of the blessing, Joseph picked up Jacob's right hand. He lifted it off of Ephraim's head and put it on the oldest son, Manasseh. Joseph said, what are you doing, father? You're supposed to put the right hand on Manasseh, not Ephraim. He was willing to interrupt the blessing to make sure the right hand was on the right person. Everyone desires the right hand. Job got discouraged whenever he lost everything. There was no sign of the right hand of God coming to turn things around for him. Finally, he cried out while he was struggling. Job cried, behold, I go forward, he is not there, and backward, but I cannot perceive him. On, on the left hand where he doth work, but I cannot behold him. 
He said, I can't see the right hand, but I know that the left hand is working. The right hand of God is for results, but the left hand of God is the process. When we don't see God working externally with the right hand, it means he's working internally with the left hand. It means that he is doing something in your character. He is preparing you for the right hand of blessing. It means that he is doing something in your heart. When you cannot see the blessing coming immediately with the right hand, it, it means that on the left hand, he is making you more compassionate. With the left hand, he is humbling you. The left hand is what gets you in position to receive what's on the right hand. You didn't think that God was working in your situation because you were looking for the right hand. You were beginning to get discouraged, but you need to look where you are right now. You have to look at how far you've come over the past few years. You may not have seen the right hand yet, but, but the left hand has been doing something great inside of you. You have been growing internally and you didn't recognize it. Job was looking for the right hand to turn things around, but first he had to survive the left hand. Before God shows the right, he will always see if you can survive the left. He will not just trust anybody with the right hand. So he hides the right hand until you pass the test of the left hand. He wants to see if you're willing to bend on the potter's wheel. You thought that last year was just a big failure. You thought you weren't making any progress. But God has been doing something in your spirit. People used to beg you to worship God, but now no one has to beg you to worship. You've been through so much with the left hand. Now you lift up both hands to God and worship. You do it voluntarily. No one has to force you. The left hand is what God is doing on the inside. It is what God is doing in your character. He will bring some stuff to surface that you didn't realize was there. That's what happened with Job. The Bible called Job a perfect man. He was perfect until there was a storm. Now we think we're really good until that storm starts pressing some hot buttons. The storm starts exposing some undealt with issues and attitudes. The storm is where the left hand thrives. The left hand worked in Job's life so greatly that Job's pride finally revealed itself. Job said, I'm not inferior to any of you all. God said, I can't give you the double blessing of the right hand until we fix that pride that's in your heart. I will keep working on you with this left hand to get you into position where you can handle the right hand. After 37 chapters of pain and suffering, God finally speaks out of the whirlwind. He shows Job's his greatness. The miracle in Job was this, when Job said, Lord, you know all things. I don't know anything. And Job sat down and repented in the ashes and prayed for his friends. And God said, now you're in the right posture. I allowed it to happen to get you on your knees again. And now you're in the correct position. The right hand that I've been hiding in your trial is about to come upon you. God is about to bless your family. God is about to give you twice as much as you had before. With the left hand, God starts working on our anger issues. When I, that left hand is working on you, you are more concerned with the right hand coming in the future than handling temporary fights. 
you're saying, you're not going to pull me out of the position of blessing, and I may appear weak to you, but I know that there's a blessing coming upon my family. Remember, bitterness is a seducing spirit. Be watchful. When people get bitter at you for no reason, all of a sudden you start getting bitter at them for getting bitter at you for no reason. Whenever they get bitter at you, a spirit tries to seduce you to retaliate. That spirit of bitterness knows that you are in the place of blessing, so it will nag you until you come out of that position of blessing. If you come out of that place of blessing to address some things, now you are entangled. Don't walk into every fight that you are invited to. The left hand teaches you to stay in his presence. Allow God to take care of all that because there's going to be a right hand of blessing that comes down that nobody can deny. Never compete with false narratives that people have about you. Don't try to prove them wrong. Allow God time and fruit to fight your battles for you. Be quiet. Stop worrying. Do not fear. Get in the presence of God. Get to work. Be great. The left hand is what he does with your character before the right hand comes. The left hand is preparation. The left hand is process. God hides the right hand until you pass the test of the left hand. With the left hand, he is promoting your character. And it's in the right hand that he brings the double blessing. God had to get Job in the right posture so he could handle when the blessing was coming. We do not get to decide when the left hand is done working. We have to stay on that potter's wheel. Very soon, you're going to feel your shout coming back. You're going to feel your dance coming back. You're going to feel your joy coming back. You're going to feel your anointing coming back. He perfects you in the process with the left hand. No one really talks about the left because the left isn't fun to endure. We're on the potter's wheel and God is exposing stuff in you. You know what you do. You start looking for, distress, for distractions. Notice we never look for distractions when God is blessing us. Every day you wake up and God is like, hey, you need to fix that. He says, hey, you got an attitude problem. You need some, some stuff you need to, to work on. All of a sudden you're like, uh, what's the newest meme out there? What's going on on the news? I like to be a little distracted. It doesn't feel good when God starts telling you, hey, you need to fix this. I believe that Romans 8, chapter, chapter 8, verse 28, is one of the most misquoted scriptures in the Bible. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. I call this the most quoted scripture in the Bible because we like saying in that verse that all things work together for our good. Do you ever notice how we slip ourselves into scriptures? It doesn't say all things work together for our good. It says all things work together for good. There is a difference here. Whose definition of good is this? Because you and I have different definitions of the word good based on our own experiences and backgrounds. For instance, if I, was a, if I was homeless my whole life and somebody blessed me with a small shed to live in, I'm going to get into that shed, that shed and I'm going to say, man, God's good. But if I've been living in a mansion my whole life and I have recently lost everything, it's different. If you come up to me to bless me with that same shed, I'm going to say this shed is a curse. 
You see, you and I have different definitions of what the word good is based on our upbringing and background. So this can't be man's definition of good. It has to be God's definition of good. The Greek word good here is agathos, which literally means intrinsically good. It's what happens on the inside that makes the trial good. The success of a trial is not the outcome. It's what you become in the trial that makes it successful. So even if I lose everything, God used it to make me more like him. If God doesn't turn my situation around, at least he's turning me around. In my trial, he is doing something internally in me with the left before the right hand ever reveals itself. Look at the next verse. For whom he did for no, he did also predestinate to be conformed to the image of his son. Your process, your trial, and your pain are being used to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. It doesn't matter if you go through a valley or if you're on a mountain. The goal is to become like him. The left hand is what he does on the inside. You didn't even realize how far you've come. You thought that you were some utter failure over the past year. You thought you were some utter failure over the things that you've gone through. But God's been looking at your heart. God has been doing the work on the inside of you with the left hand. He has placed you in the proper position for the right hand of blessing to come down. When God isn't changing my circumstances, it means he, that he is changing me. I am becoming something in my pain. I am becoming something in my frustration. What I become on the journey is greater than what I see at my destination. Matthew 14, 22, and straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. Jesus sends you into the storm with the left hand. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him, saying unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? He pulls you out of the storm with the right hand. He sends you into the storm with the left hand, but he pulls you up out of the storm with the right hand. He sends you into the storm for the sole reason to get a revelation of who he is. In the storm, he shows you what he wants to do in you. It's in that process of pain. After you endure for a while, he pulls you out of the process with the right hand. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 8. We are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. Always bearing about the, the dying of the Lord Jesus. That the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our body. For we which live are always delivered unto death for Jesus' sake that the life also of Jesus might be made manifest in our mortal flesh. Look what it says in verse 12. So then death worketh in us, but life in you. In the Christian life, there is death and life working at the same time. With the left hand, he's working death in you. But with the right hand, he's working life in you. In the left hand, he's putting some things to death in your spirit. And with the right hand, he's bringing some things to life in your spirit. With the left hand, he is killing some toxic connections. With the right hand, he is reviving your dreams. When you survive the death on the left, you're ready for the life that is on the right. 
He's destroying some toxic stuff with the left. Because you are connected to some people that always steal your joy. You've been connected to some toxic people. God says, I got to destroy some connections that always sabotage you. I am getting you ready for what's coming on the right hand. For if ye live after the flesh, ye shall die. But if ye through the spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, ye shall live. Romans chapter 8 verse 13. God is killing some stuff in you that's been in your family for generations. God is putting to death some tendencies within you that always show up to self-sabotage you. Every time you're on the verge of blessing, there's some type of uncontrollable urge in you that sabotages the blessing. But God says, with the left, I am working that out of you. And with the right, I am replacing that toxicity with joy, peace, and hope. With the left hand, he's working death, and with the right hand, he is working life. With the right hand, God works the day shift, but with the left hand, he works the graveyard shift because he's burying some stuff. There are some things that God is burying in your spirit that will never see the light of day again. When you come out of this process, you're not going to look like what you've been through. You won't look like the mistakes you made. You won't look like the tribulations that you've gone through. You're going to look like you've been conforming to the image of his son. You thought that there was no progress. One of the greatest indicators that you are in transition is when you feel stuck. It's in that stuck place that God holds you long enough to bring greatness out of you. Stagnation does not always mean loss or lack. It could be that God is preparing you to launch. You felt stagnant. But God said, beneath the surface, I have been doing a deep work in your spirit, and it's going to make the devil mad. It's going to make your enemies mad. It's going to make the devil wish he never touched your family. The devil is going to wish that he never touched your job. He's going to wish that he never touched your home, because when that right hand of blessing comes, it's going to come in such a magnitude that every devil needs to get out of the way. Every demon better run because when this right hand comes, nothing can stand against it. For which cause we faint not, but though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, worketh for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. While we look at the things which are seen, while we look not at the things which are seen, but at the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 through 18. You're looking at your life and you're judging yourself by all that's happening temporarily in your life and in your world. But God said, I am doing an eternal work with the left hand down in your spirit, and it's going to last beyond your life on earth. Joseph's brothers betrayed him. They were jealous of his dreams and they were jealous of his coat of many colors. They hated the favor that was on Joseph's life. They ripped Joseph's coat of many colors off of him and they sold him into slavery. This type of betrayal placed Joseph into an intense process. In this process, the left hand of God was working within him. He had favor in Potiphar's house and he even had favor in the prison cell. Finally, after interpreting a dream for Pharaoh, he was placed in the palace. He was second in command of Pharaoh. He had the keys to the storehouse. The famine was so bad that it forced Joseph's brothers to come and visit him in Egypt to purchase grain in order to survive. How Joseph responded to his brothers truly revealed that the left hand of God had done a powerful work in his heart. 
he gave them all, he gave to all of them, to each man, changes of garments. But to Benjamin, he gave 300 pieces of silver and five changes of garments. Genesis chapter 45 and verse 22. Whenever Joseph revealed himself to his brothers, he blessed them and gave them changes of raiment. The spiritual principle is profound. Joseph essentially said this, you took my coat of many colors so that I could later give you coats of many colors. Wow. There wasn't a bitter bone in his body. He was willing to bless those that had harmed him. With one word, he could have destroyed them, but instead he blessed them. This visual is profound. He told them earlier, so now it was not you that sent me hither, but God. And he hath made me a father to Pharaoh and Lord of all his house and a ruler throughout all the land of Egypt. Genesis chapter 45, verse 8. The left hand of God had done such a work within Joseph that when he testified to his brothers, he said, God did this. He didn't want revenge. He saw that the left hand of God had postured him and prepared him to receive the right hand of blessing. You did not realize it, but you've grown leaps and bounds. You've been condemning yourself. You've been beating yourself up. You've been talking about all the things you've done wrong externally. But God said, underneath the surface, I have been purging your spirit. And when I purge fruit, I only do it to bring forth much more fruit. There's going to be fruit that comes out of this process. There's going to be, going to be much fruit that comes out of these tears. When God elevates you, you will not waste your power on revenge. You will use your power and purpose to lift others up. There's going to be much fruit that comes out of your dilemma. You have survived the left hand. The right hand is coming upon you now. God has exposed many things in your spirit throughout this process. Now you are ready to receive. That is the end of the left hand of God, chapter 10. And then the, the last quote before the epilogue is that pain is the price tag of revelation. And um, the, the concept of, of the left hand, um, God working, Joe knowing that the left hand is working, when he can't see the right hand. Anytime you can't see the right hand, it just means God's working on the left hand. It's working on your character, positioning you. And this is just a book of hope. Get it, get it now, you know, on Amazon. A word to the broken, an encouragement to those who have endured loss, pain, and betrayal. It, it has been blessing so many people. Go look at the reviews on Amazon. If you haven't left a review, leave one. Um, um, the epilogue is, is profound. Um, you know, I bring out the concept of a Chinese, uh, plant, Chinese flower, and it, it's a, it's a beautiful concept. Um, but I wanted to talk about it because it is blessing so many. We're going to be releasing, uh, this, uh, book as well, uh, in Spanish, uh, very soon. I have a lot of, uh, incredible uh, Spanish brothers and sisters that are waiting on the, on the book in Spanish. And I've been working on that and I'm going to release that, but understand that anything of value is going to come out of 
out of a life that has been through these things and thrive, uh, thrive through these things, overcome through these things, and is like giving nuggets along the journey. You know, for Joseph to give his brother brothers coats after they tore his coat of many colors. It's 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 a profound thing. The type of guilt and shame that they walked with. And Joseph says, listen, you didn't even send me here. God did. And that that's 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 powerful. Because when your life is in the hand of God, no, no one can destroy you. No one can take you out. You are in the hand of God, and he's been doing a work on the left hand. Give me some feedback to this book. We'll, we're going to be releasing more content for the subscribers this week. Thank you for listening. I pray that this has been a blessing to you. Just the beginning. We're just getting started. we got a whole bunch of exciting things ahead for you. And uh, thank you for being on this journey. God bless. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, for more information, you can follow my social media page, Victor M. Jackson, or you can come visit us in Orlando, Florida at Bible Center of Orlando. Thank you for joining us. God bless.